Blog Talk Radio. Stephen B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler, you're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Good evening. Thank you for tuning in to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Your host this evening is Stevie R. Butler from the state of North Carolina with my co-host Tim Bench from the state of Texas, Glenn McMillian from the state of Texas, Courtney Carruthers from the state of Illinois, Steve Corder from the state of Illinois, Dr. Frank Washington from the state of Florida, Clay Phillips from the state of Georgia, Brian Christian Coleman from the state of New Jersey, and Robert Lee Johnson from the state of Florida. We are grateful that you are tuning into our radio broadcast this evening. This radio show is being brought to you by loving and faithful members of the Churches of Christ, and we ask you to take out your Bibles and study along with us. We have a very exciting show planned for your spiritual enlightenment and your edification. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air you can give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508. you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts, you can send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com, or you can give me a call at Stevie B's Mid-Production Studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ. And if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and stand along with us here on the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask you to bow with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving Heavenly Father, the Father, Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast, and we are prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, we pray that you will be my co-host on the broadcast this evening, Tim Bench and Clay Phillips, as they break unto us the bread of life. And also my co-host, Courtney Carruthers, as he answers the questions that are on the hearts of so many. We pray that you will bless their families that support their efforts. They may continue to sow the seed 
of the kingdom. Father, we pray that you will bless our listeners who are tuning in this broadcast via Blog Talk Radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well and that their hearts may be pricked as they consider their eternal stance before you and their soul salvation. And it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you so much for sending the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, to die such a cruel death on Calvary's cross. For we recognize that without such a sacrifice, we would not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask you to forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart, we know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of thy will. For we pray that you will continue to bless us and keep us and love us all the days of our lives. And that we have been faithful unto death. For we pray that you will save us. For us in Christ's name, we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into the broadcast. Our speakers for this evening's show in the first segment will be my co-host Tim Bench. He serves with the Oham Lane Church of Christ there in Abilene, Texas. He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And in the second segment, I have a question from my shouted out platform on social media, Facebook. I'll be posing to my co-host Courtney Carruthers. He serves as the evangelist for the Colonial Village Church of Christ there in Chicago, Illinois. And he'll be answering our question for that segment. And then to close out the show, my co-host Clay Phillips, he serves as the evangelist for the Rose City Church of Christ there in Thomasville, Georgia. And he'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ. Open up your Bibles and open your minds, and let's have a great show. After the break, the next voice you hear will be that of my co-host, Tim Bent. Enjoy the show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Yes. 
Listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm a co-host Tim Bench, and his subject: the disposition of a Christian. Good evening. As Stevie mentioned, my name is Tim Bench, and I'm calling in tonight from Abilene, Texas. And as always, we want to uh, issue a warm welcome. To all of our listeners tonight, wherever you may be located, we are so thankful that you've decided to spend a few minutes with us this evening, and myself and all the other hosts of the Gospel Light uh, certainly hope that the materials presented here are always educational and beneficial and scriptural. As Stevie mentioned, the title of my lesson tonight is The Disposition of a Christian. And if you have your Bible handy this evening, go ahead and pull that out because we're going to be looking at a lot of scriptures and verses this evening. Let's start with Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. The writer of this verse, who we know was the Apostle Paul, affirms here that one is baptized into Christ and has therefore put on Christ. Continuing, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Christians have a new life, spiritually born again, children of God, saved from sin, having put away their previous lives of sin and failure. The life of a Christian will, by definition, be in near total opposition to the lives of those in the world who have not dedicated themselves to Christ. So the question for us tonight is to ask, how should one live? What separates and what differentiates a Christian from a non-Christian? What is to be the disposition of a Christian, hence the title of our lesson. 
Let's start with the word disposition and its definition. It's defined according to Webster's New World Dictionary as, quote, the predominating bent of one's mind or spirit, end quote. Bent also can mean an inclining tendency. With Christ living within, what should therefore be the bent of one's spirit? What is the bent of Christ's spirit? Since Christ Jesus now lives in us, each Christian should exemplify his attitude in every facet of his or her life. So this evening, I want us to briefly consider seven attributes of the Christian disposition. Number one, a Christian is humble. We know from Scripture that God hates the proud or the haughty look. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19 These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination to him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. Jesus, later in the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 25, verses 5 through 12, rebuked the pride of the Pharisees. Paul cautions, quote, Through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. That appears in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Again, another direct assault on pride and on ego. We can consider also James chapter 4, verse 10, which says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Philippians 2, verse 3, in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. The Apostle Paul exhibits Christian humility in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. We can read that together. It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners among whom I am foremost of all. Yet for this reason I found mercy, so that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. Paul pulls no punches as to his own failings and his own shortcomings. He is, as per his own words, the chief of all sinners. Again, ego is not a predominant theme in Paul's mindset. And I want us to carefully consider this this evening. All of us, without exception, are flawed, fallen, broken, sinful beings. Each and every one of us, without exception, have stumbled and have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God, according to Romans chapter 3, verse 23. So if each of us are equally stained by sin, none of us is superior in any form way or fashion to another we should never think more highly of ourselves than we do of another person point number two tonight a christian is forgiving everyone needs forgiveness and often there are no exceptions all of us listening tonight myself certainly included make massive mistakes in thought and in intent and in action we have we do and we will What does Jesus have to say about this? Jesus teaches us to pray in Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
followed by the cautionary note in Matthew chapter 6, verse 15, if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That's frightening, isn't it? If I cannot forgive others or I refuse to forgive others, I cannot be forgiven, and I will not be forgiven by Almighty God. This is echoed in Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. As Christ forgives, so also must I forgive. We read in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 17, their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. This is how God forgives. Sin is cleansed, it is remitted, it is forgotten, and it is obliterated. And many of us today may say, oh, well, I've forgiven another person, when in reality we hold grudges and we keep a mental list of another's missteps or deeds or things they've done to us in the past. We are unable to forgive completely and without an asterisk, so to speak, as our Lord forgives us. Recall Jesus in Luke chapter 17, teaching us to forgive when an individual has sinned against us and has asked for forgiveness. This is arguably the most difficult command Jesus provides us as his followers. We read, starting in verse 3, Take heed to yourselves, if thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Even if a person does the same thing seven times in one day and seven times ask forgiveness, we are to provide it without qualm, without debate, without exception. And this is not just difficult for many people. For many people, this is insurmountable. This is something they cannot do or will not do. We're often taught from childhood to take no guff or take no nonsense off of others and to avenge any perceived slight. I think a lot of us were probably taught that by our fathers or grandfathers or older brothers. And if we don't do that, if we have a heart of forgiveness for others, it's often viewed as a weakness. Here's the irony. We want God to dismiss our sins and wipe our failings clean and for our failings to be not only forgiven but forgotten, but yet we do not want to extend that same attitude to others. This is why the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. How many of us tonight have heard or even said the likes of something like this? Well, you remember that he did the same thing last year on two different occasions, and, well, I'm willing to forgive, but I'm going to watch, and I'm going to see if he can be true this time, and I'm going to see if he can be trusted. I just don't trust him. What hope does a person have with the wrong disposition? What sort of Christian does not follow the examples and commands of Jesus Christ, who the Christian claims to follow in the first place? Failure to forgive fail to be forgiven. Number three, a Christian is peaceable. Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Romans chapter 14, verse 19. 
Let us, therefore, follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. Questions that we can ask ourselves tonight. Do we seek peace and reconciliation and harmony with others, or are we combative and confrontational, grumpy, argumentative, disagreeable? A Christian is to be like Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ taught us to be peacemakers, and his expectations make no allowance for whether we like or agree with those commands. From Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 to 42, ye have heard it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say unto you that you resist not evil. Whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek Turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. Whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow thee, turn not away. This is a citation from J.W. McGarvey's commentary on Matthew, quote, Christ is the Prince of Peace, Isaiah 9, verse 6. How proper it is, therefore, that the citizens of his kingdom shall be peacemakers. Indeed, persons without this attitude need not apply. There are several ways in which God's children can serve as peacemakers. One, through spiritual instruction that they can bring peace to hearts that are troubled. Two, they can bring peace to their fellow men who are at strife between or among themselves. Three, they can bring men through preaching God's word or teaching it to become reconciled to God, which is the greatest of all the achievements of the peacemaker. A peacemaker conceals the transgression of others, Proverbs 11, verse 13, seeks a personal interview, Galatians 6, verse 1, and tries to save the face of the wrongdoer, 2 Timothy 2, verses 22 through 26. Such shall be called the sons of God because they are most like God in his efforts to reconcile man unto himself, end quote. Following Christ, by definition, means that we will be at odds and we will be vastly different from the rest of the world. Being peaceful or being a peacemaker, as was Jesus, means that we do not resort to personal vengeance or retaliation or getting even with another, no matter how badly we might want to. We are to practice peace. We are to radiate forgiveness, and we are to reflect Jesus Christ even when doing so is difficult to do. Point number four, a Christian is grateful. Paul commanded in Colossians 3, verse 15, be ye thankful. The grateful heart finds it easy to say thank you. From Luke chapter 17, verses 12 through 19, this is a story that many of us know. As he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. 
And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? There are not found that, that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto them, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Ten lepers were cleansed, one returned to thank Jesus. Where were the other nine? Ten sinners were cleansed. How many returned to thank him? Today, tonight, are you the one who is thankful for the incomparable blessings that God has bestowed upon you, ranging from material wealth to your family to your job to dozens of other gifts? Or are you one of the nine who were not thankful, one of the nine who were not grateful? As we've always heard in song, count your many blessings and see what God has done. Literally, it will surprise you if we truly consider that. Point number five. A Christian is tolerant. Jesus cautioned against moat finding in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. Let's read that together. Judge not that ye may not be judged. And people like to stop right there, but there's more to it. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured unto you again. Why beholdest thou the moat? That is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye. Or wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and thou shalt be able to clearly cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. All of us have growth difficulties and shortcomings in areas which cause us to stumble. Some, even some supposed Christians, relentlessly look to find fault in everyone but themselves. One can develop eye strain attempting to find faults in others, and I'm pretty certain that most of us know people who are like that. The worst fault is the inability to see one's own mistakes. And we can see First John Chapter 1, verses 8 through 10, Romans 3, verse 10, and Romans 3:23 as additional references. From Luke, chapter 18, verse 9, And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. We've all known others who will say or suggest or promote their attitude of superiority. Examples. Lord, look how much wonderful work I do, or I'm more educated than another, and their opinion is thus meaningless or means less than mine. Lord, I attend all the services, and I give more than others, and I teach a class at the building. I even brought one of my neighbors to services and so on. From Luke chapter 18, verses 10 through 14, two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, 
and he that humbleth himself shall be exhausted. Which man did God hear? Which of these demonstrated attitudes represents the attitude that you have, the pub, that of the publican or that of the Pharisee? Are you more focused on finding faults with others or with correcting and addressing your own faults? Point number six tonight, a Christian is easily entreated. James chapter 3, verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Other translations have slightly different wording. Open to reason, according to the Revised Standard Version. Conciliatory, according to the Moffat Commentary. Easily persuaded, according to the Alford Commentary. Ready to be convinced, easily obeying, not stubborn or self-willed. Likewise, elders, according to Titus 1, verse 7, must not be self-willed. Listen to one another. Be easy to reach when one is anxious to discuss a matter with us or has a problem that they need assistance with. Do not be arrogant. We need to stand prepared and be ready to extend the Christian hand of love and of meekness and of service one to another. This should be the focus of any Christian. This should be the focus of any church. A church ideally should be a family which supports and encourages one another for growth in knowledge and obedience to our Lord. And this type of growth will not be forthcoming if an attitude of partiality and hypocrisy take root. Number seven, a Christian is courageous. As we know, it takes much courage to be a Christian. The Apostle Paul, for example, was in prison, suffering soon to die. From 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, Paul says, For I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. From Matthew Henry's commentary on Second Timothy 4, verses 6 through 8, quote, Death to a good man is his release from the imprisonment of this world and his departure to the enjoyments of another world. As a Christian and as a minister, Paul had kept the faith, kept the doctrines of the gospel. What comfort will it afford to be able to speak in this manner toward the end of our days? The crown of believers is the crown of righteousness purchased by the righteousness of Christ. Believers have it not at present, yet it is sure, for it is laid up for them. The believer, amidst poverty, pain, and the agonies of death, may rejoice. End quote. And from Alexander McLaren's exposition, quote, Paul's long day's work is nearly done. He's a prisoner in Rome, all but forsaken by his friends in hourly expectation of another summons before Nero. To appear before him was, he says, like putting his head into the mouth of a lion. His horizon was darkened by sad anticipations of decaying faith and growing corruptions in the church. 
what a road he had traveled since that day when on the way to Damascus he saw the living Christ and heard the words of his mouth. It had been but a failure of a life if judged by ordinary standards. He had suffered the loss of all things, had thrown away position and prospects, had exposed himself to sorrows and toils, had been all his days a poor man in solitary, had been hunted, despised, laughed at by Jew and Gentile, worried and badgered even by so-called brethren, loved the less the more he loved, and now the end is near. A prison in the headsman's sword of the world's wages to its best teacher. When Nero is on the throne, the only possible place for Paul is a dungeon opening onto the scaffold. Better to be the martyr than the Caesar. These familiar words of our text bring before us a very sweet and wonderful picture of the prisoner so near his end. How beautifully they show his calm, waiting for the last hour and the bright forms which lightened for him the darkness of his cell. Many saints have gone to their rest with their hearts stayed on the same thoughts, though their lips could not speak them to our listening ears. Let us be thankful for them and pray that for ourselves when we come to that hour, the same quiet heroism and the same sober hope mounting to calm certainty may be ours, end quote. Tonight, do you possess that level of courage? Is your faith in God absolute, immovable, unshakable, undaunted, regardless of whatever trials and tribulations may befall you? From Ephesians 6, verses 13 through 14, wherever taken to you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Humility, a willingness to forgive, being a peacemaker among men, a sense of thankfulness towards God, tolerance and love for others, even when they stumble and fall, being easily entreated, courage and unwavering faith in God. These are the seven attributes or the seven dispositions of a Christian which places that Christian very much in direct opposition and conflict with the world around him. These attributes, as we've seen, often run contrary to human nature as well as society. We may want to retaliate against another. We may want to hold grudges. We may be tempted to be frightened or to be faithless. We may want at times to act and behave as the world around us would, but we are not of this world. We are of Jesus Christ, our Master, our Savior, and our Redeemer. And it's obedience to these distinctions which mark us as followers of Christ and likewise display to the world that although in this world our hope and our eternal destination is far greater. This evening, do these attributes describe you? Do you reflect to the world around you that you are a resolute follower of Jesus Christ? Can others around you tell simply by watching you that you are different and that your heart and your soul and your mind and your actions are predicated by a different factor than non-Christians? Do you reflect 
Jesus to the world, and do you thus behave and believe differently than the world? These are questions that all of us can ask ourselves tonight with an honest and contrite heart. This concludes my segment this evening. Again, as always, it's a pleasure to have you join us. We're so thankful each week when we have people from around the United States and around the world who join us. And as always, we want to extend an invitation for people to submit questions or comments to us through email, through Facebook. There are Christian men here who are prepared and ready to help you any way they can uh, with your understanding of the Bible and the application of Holy Scripture. Thank you so much for being with us tonight, and have a good night. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Shout it out question. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and go into our shout it out question segment due to our time restraints. My co-host, Courtney Carruthers, he'll be answering our question. This is a portion of the broadcast where I have a question that I've taken from my social media platform called Shout It Out, and we want to pose this question to our co-host. And we also want to encourage our listeners to get involved in that group that's on Facebook and get involved in those biblical discussions. Courtney, how you doing, my brother? I'm doing well, thank you. And yourself? I'm doing just fine. We got a doozy for you on the show this evening. All right. All right. All right. Here's the question. This is from Anonymous Queries from the state of West Virginia. And the question is, should the communion, we're talking about the Lord's Supper, be served on Sunday evening if it was served on Sunday morning during our worship services? What say you to this question? All right. Stevie, I find this to be a great question. This is, this is a question that is often often taken in regards to in regards to um, practicing the Lord's Word with the saints. We have we have in the Church of Christ. We understand that we are we have examples that we ought to take the Lord's Supper. The question that comes is out of Acts. 20, um, where Paul visited the church, and upon during the time, and during the time, and during that time, they had during that time they had uh, assembled at night. Some some have said they assembled at night due to working in the day as slaves. And so the question, therefore, do we have to take the loss of at night if we take it in the morning? There is no declarative of scripture. There is no scripture that says for us to take it at night. We practice at night for those Christians who cannot assemble with us in the morning, who, who cannot assemble with us in the morning. I would also like to uh, reference 1 Corinthians 11, where we get a fuller scope of of how we ought to take the Lord's Supper with each other. It is understood out of 1 Corinthians 11 that Paul had to write the letter for taking the Lord's Supper, for for taking the Lord's Supper, For 
taking a little stuff. I'm sorry. I got my grandbaby with me. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, I think the baby wants to answer the question. <laughs> yeah, she does. She wants my Bible. And so um, I'm trying to get her settled. Give me a second. Okay. I'm sorry, Stevie. This, <laughs> um, hey, that's what but basically, and the question. No, there is no script. We do not. We do not take We do not take. We do not have to take the Lord's Supper at night. We just do it as a formal practice for those who could not be there on Sunday. First Corinthians 11 talks about our unity with each other, that we ought to wait on one another. And so we find ourselves waiting on each other for that purpose out of First Corinthians 11. Um, so in answering it totally, I had a whole list of things about it, but I'm, I'm maybe, I thought my wife would have got home for to take care of the grandbaby. So please forgive me, Steve, if I bother the question. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Okay. That's all what right. Paul Pauls are for. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Stevie. All right. Thank you, brother, for okay. answering the question. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. coming up next, we yeah. have my co-host, Clay Phillips from Thomasville, Georgia, the Rose City Church of Christ. He'll be answer- He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ after we have our announcement. Stay tuned to the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Will you forgive me? For I've done wrong. And will you accept me? As I kneel at your throne. And all of my brothers, he will always criticize and accuse. Yes, he will. But I know that my Jesus, he will make me brand new. I'm ready at my bidding, Lord. Lord, hear my simply. Cause you're a second chance. I see them cry. And they each have a stone. But you milk beside me, Jesus. And my fears are all gone. Praise God. Cause you give me peace.
Is your congregation in need of lending for a building or expansion project? As your partner and advocate, Diversified Financial Network will take the time to understand your unique situation and develop a financing solution that meets your specific needs. It's an exciting time for your congregation, and what you need is a company with expertise in church financing early in the process. Call us today at 1-866-513-6665 or visit us at www.diversifiedfinancegroup.com. These are the announcements for the events and activities in the Churches of Christ. If you'd like to have your events and activities announced on this broadcast, you can give me a call at 910-491-6405 at Stevie B's Media Production Studio. I'll send you emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com. Due to the coronavirus pandemic, I will not be making any public announcements until further notice regarding the public meetings and assemblies, but I will be making announcements for the events and activities that are happening on social media. On Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 9 p.m. Central Standard Time and 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, there'll be a nationwide gospel call that's sponsored by the Church of Christ at Highland Heights from Houston, Texas. And the telephone number to this call is 857-216-6700. And the access code is 328-497. This is a nationwide outreach to those who are not members of the Churches of Christ. And the speakers will be presenting a basic salvation message for them to learn what they must do in order to be saved, as well as information about the Churches of Christ. It's also intended to edify and strengthen the faith of those who are Christians. And on Tuesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, the Delcrest Church of Christ in San Antonio, Texas, presents the Women's Virtual Bible Class. And that class will be held on Zoom at the class ID numbers 821-3692-8262. And then daily at 6 a.m. Central Standard Time, the Ladies in Christ prayer line hosted by the Church of Christ in Lafayette, Louisiana. And the telephone number to this prayer line is 605-472-5203. My co-host Steve Cordell here on the Gospel Light Radio Show has a new book entitled God's Grace in You. And you can order this book from the 21st Century Christian Catalog. There will be a spring-summer series every fourth Wednesday of the month at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. There'll be a preacher's panel discussion. Join Minister Michael Crusoe as he moderates a series of discussions featuring seasoned preachers in the Brotherhood of the Church of Christ. And the topic of discussion is expanding the role of women in Christian worship, a word from the Lord. And coming this fall, we have some new shows being hosted by Stevie B Media Production. On August the 1st, we kick off a new show called Just Say It, hosted by Michelle Marco from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, co-hosted by Dr. Louis Lugo and from Tampa, Florida, and Cheryl Grosser from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And on August the 31st, as part of the What a Word from the Lord that airs, well, What a Word from the Lord radio show that airs on Tuesday night, this uh, new show will be called The Kelly Fletcher Show, and that show will air every fourth Tuesday of the month. On what a word from the Lord radio show here on Blog Talk Radio. And then on September the 6th, there'll be a new show hosted by Edward Keaton from Atlanta, Georgia. And this show will air every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And Brother Keaton will be discussing theology, racism, 
as well as politics. So join us for those new broadcasts. And just a program reminder, Stevie B's Media Production presents. We're airing live shows here on Blog Talk Radio. You can give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508 or type in your search bar www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash gospel light radio show. And every Tuesday at from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, I'll be hosting a live show, What a Word from the Lord radio show. And each week on that broadcast, I have a guest speaker from the Brotherhood of the Churches of Christ who will be presenting the message from the Word of God. Also, we have the Community Corner segment. That segment is designed for small business owners and entrepreneurs who have products and services that they're offering to our community. And I have three co-hosts on this show. Lou Gilbert, he's a evangelist for the Oprah Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And my newest co-host, Shauna Oldis from Nashville, Tennessee, the Great Way Church of Christ. She has a ministry, the Mid-Tennessee Singles Ministry, that will air every third Tuesday of the month. On this broadcast. And also, my newest co host, Isa Mullins, he serves here in Fayetteville, North Carolina, with the Helen Street Church of Christ. And then on Thursday evening each week, from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, I'll be hosting a live show, the Gospel Light Radio Show. And I have eight co hosts on this show who will be presenting messages from the Word of God. And each week, I have two co hosts on the air with me. I'm also taking questions from my social media platform called Shoutout that I'll be posing to one of my co-hosts on that live show. Then on Friday night at our new time from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time, I'll be hosting the live show, Stevie B's Acapella Gospel Music Blast Radio Show. And on that show, I'm playing some of the world's greatest acapella gospel music artists, The Sweet Sound of voices. We also have uh, coming this Friday night, my special guest on the blast will be uh, Irving C. Jackson from Wesley Chapel, Florida. He'll be debuting some new mu- music on that show this Friday night. And on July the 2nd, my special guest in the Story Glory segment will be Thurman Metter out of Abilene, Texas. And also on July, on June the, no, July, I'm sorry. On July the 15th, as I got that date correct, I'll be doing my Top 20 Countdown show for the month of July. We did not have a show on last week, a countdown show for the month of June, due to that special tribute show that I did to my late sister, Linda Dilly, who was killed here a few weeks ago. She was a member of my staff here on Stevie B's Media Reduction. She was killed a few weeks ago in an automobile accident. She was hit head on by a drunk driver. So please keep her family, the Dilly family, in your prayers there from Tulsa, Oklahoma. We're really going to miss her. Yes. Also, uh, if you would like to be a sponsor, my, I have a new sponsorship manager named Lauderdale, Florida. And her phone number is 954-687-4705. If you'd like to be a sponsor any of these radio shows. I would like to give a shout out to all of my sponsors. We certainly appreciate all those who are sponsoring these radio shows. And I'd like to give them a shout out. I try to do this on every show here on Tuesday and Thursday. Cheryl Norwood from Chicago, Illinois. We certainly appreciate her. But there's Memorial Funeral Director of Crematorial Services in DeSoto, Texas. Uh, Stanley Phillips from Little Rock, Arkansas. Cheryl Murrah from Charlotte, North Carolina. Yvonne Blazing Cracker Gooch from Nashville, Tennessee. Melvin Jackson from High Point, North Carolina. Marquise Holman from Charlotte, North Carolina. 
Stephanie Booker Wilson from Greensboro, North Carolina, Diversified Financial Network LLC from Dallas, Texas, known as Mark and Charlotte Carroll, and Ordain Faith Publishing, uh, Ordain Faith Publishing from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. The three E's of Stevie B's media production. It is the objective of this broadcast. We want to educate. We want to edify. We want to encourage you in a study of God's Word. And that will conclude our program announcements. My co-host, Clay Phillips, is coming up next after the break. Stay tuned to the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
imagine the looks on the people's face. If you could see, you could see, you could see all the agony. Because there's no one to hear your begging plea. Once in eternity, we'll always cry, cry. When life is so much easier up in heaven. Oh, because it's been love. Yeah, yeah.
Heaven's a beautiful place Where we live forevermore And I say to myself A wonderful world Heaven A wonderful world Oh yeah You're listening to The Gospel Light Radio Show Give your attention to the proclamation Of the gospel of Jesus Christ Now my co-host Clay Phillips And his subject Thank God for memory Good evening. <clears throat> Once again, God has spared our lives to be able to come and preach his unadulterated truth. We're so glad that those of you that have tuned in with us, and we want to thank Steve for the marvelous job he's doing, and Tim, and Carruthers, we all thank you guys for the marvelous job you've done as well as we try to mandate and complete God's task for us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of St. John, chapter 8. St. John, chapter 8. I want to commence reading at verse 31 and terminate, if you will, at verse 36. That's St. John. Chapter 8, verse 31 through verse 36. And we find these words written. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and was never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, Whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever. But the son abideth ever. If the son therefore make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Thus is the reading of our scripture. And our subject for this evening is thank God for memories. Thank God for Memories. I want to say to those of us that are listening, freedom and truth and liberty is on the table with Jesus Christ right here. For Jesus said in John chapter 14, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. So as children of God and coming to uh, the text of John, 
Jesus Christ is dealing with the issue of slavery. And he is going to give us the dichotomy of physical slavery over and against spiritual slavery. Now, uh, all of us, those of us that are listening to me, especially those of us that are uh, black people, black Christians, as we reflect on the goodness of God, those of us that are even white Christians need to reflect and understand the goodness of God and how good God been to us. And one thing Jesus is reminding the Pharisees and the Sadducees that, listen, don't ever forget where you came from. So he's dealing with uh the mentality here of the Pharisees and the Sadducees because they had forgotten where they came from. And so here we find in the text that uh, the Bible teaches us that God wants us to understand and remember certain things. Thank God for memory. You remember in Ecclesiastes, <laughs> Chapter 12, he said, uh, Solomon said, remember not thy creator in the days of thy youth. Now, that's what Solomon said. He said, while the evil day come not, nor the years draw not, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. He said, I want Solomon said, we need to understand because, see, I, I was young one time when I was old. Even David said, when I was, I was young and when I was old. He said, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken. And so Solomon in Ecclesiastes, he deal with, he's telling us, he said, don't let the excitement of being young cause you to forget God. And we must be careful. Those of us uh, I remember when I was young, I remember my uncle telling me, he said, that you're young right now, boy, you got a lot of excitement, a lot of energy, but one day you're going to come where you, you won't be able to move and get around like you used to. And so uh, also my granddaddy told me, he said, and I remember him teaching Bible study, and I remember him saying things like uh, life is as a vapor that appeared for a little while. Vanish away. And so we need to be mindful. And so Jesus in our text here, Jesus uh, calls them to memory, uh, being able to recall the Lord and how good God been to us uh, as today. I'm, I'm older than I used to be. I started preaching when I was 15. I'm 62 now. And I remember when I was young, uh, I, I struggled with a lot of stuff, and, and we all have struggled. And so but it's amazing now how I'm getting older that how valuable memories are. So in our text, Jesus 
said to them, he says, uh, then said Jesus to those Jews who would believe on him. In other words, believe that the Messiah was coming. Believe the Old Testament. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Now here he says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. They answered him, we be Abraham, listen, listen now, listen, we be Abraham's seed. <laughs> and what, he says, and they said, and where, and we're never, good God Almighty, they said we was never enslaved. Now, the issue Jesus is dealing with here is that they had forgotten where they came from. Now, I want you to follow me tonight. Those of you, get your friends. Call them up. Get your friends. Because we need to understand the importance of memory. Thank God for memories. Now, before I go any further, let, let, me, let me deal with We need to go back to chapter, uh, in chapter 8. We're going to go back to verse number 1. Verse 1 through verse 11. There are three things Actually, the four things Jesus deal with in the chapter John, chapter 8. And it's obvious. Now, listen here. Number one, he deals with, uh, if you will, uh, Jesus uh, forgave an adulterous woman. He deals with their sin, first of all. He addresses their sin. <laughs> so the first thing that you need to remember is that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So Jesus deal with their sins. He, he go back and addresses this uh, in, a, in, a, in a unique, powerful way. The Bible says uh, in verse number one of John chapter eight, it says, Jesus went up to the mountain of Olive. Now, 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 notice now, notice now, he's he going to deal with the adulterous woman. And early in the morning, he came unto the temple. And all the people came unto him and sat down and taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had sit her in the midst. Now, 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 I love this. Jesus addresses their sin. Brought a woman to adulterous woman. Now, they said she was caught in the very act of adultery. Now, if she was caught in the very act of, the, of adultery, where is the man? If she was caught in the very act of adultery, where is the brother? Where is the man? So Jesus addresses, now before he addresses their memory, the loss of memory, he addresses their sin. And, and, and he said to them, uh, he, first of all, he just got on the ground and started writing. Why he got down on the ground? Some theologians say because that's where man came from. He took man back where he came from. You know, he made man from the dust of the earth. So Jesus took man. Let me let me take you back where you came from. You came from the dirt of the ground. So let me get right on you. And as he was uh, writing, and and they was uh, standing there, look at those hypocrites, if you will. 
And the Bible says, Jesus stood up and said, he that without sin, let him cast the first stone. He that without sin, let him cast the first stone. And the Bible says that uh, all of them start dropping their stones. But what is interesting about the text in the exegesis, the, uh, it started from the older to the younger. Why the older? Because the older you get, the more uh, you need to remember. Because you, if you're not careful, we'll get uh, all timers, some timers, and no timers. So we need to understand. And so the older you get, so the, Started with the old people because the old folks, you must admit now, we all have done some things that we're not uh, proud of. So, the old people, old folks, the Bible said in the crowd, say, I know I've done wrong. Let me just drop this thing now. Let me leave this alone. I know I've done wrong. Let me move on and leave this alone. And then the younger people start dropping theirs. Look at them. All of them start dropping their stones. And Jesus looked at the woman and said, where are thou accusers? And she said, there is none. And Jesus said, well, I will not accuse you, but go and sin no more. So the contrast and the conflict of life is, first of all, to deal with your own sins. Learn to deal with your own sins. If you want to get Read all the, the contradiction and contrast and, and conflict uh, in the church, in your home. Learn to deal with your own sin. Romans 3, 23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So Jesus deal with the Pharisees' sin. The first thing he deals with is the sin of man. And then, then you, you read it further. In verse 12, uh, Jesus deals with, uh, he said, I'm the light of the world. So what is he, he dealing with here? He's dealing with the understanding, the ignorance. So let's, let's read just a little bit of that. Uh, verse 12 says, now notice now Jesus says, then spake Jesus again, Unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followed me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of light. So Jesus said, now, first of all, I know you guys are walking in darkness. I know you, you're ignorant of the truth. And so you, so I, because, why are you ignorant of the truth? Because you have no memory of where you came from. The reason why you're ignorant of the truth is because you have no memory. That's why the Bible says in the Old Testament that God wanted them to teach their children to remember, to write it on the doorpost, to write it on the house, to write it on the fence, to tell them, to teach them. Because. So Jesus here addresses, he said, listen, it, let, I got to help you remember where you came from. He says, I'm the light of the world. Notice the Pharisees, verse number 13. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself. Thy record is not true. <laughs> now, why is it that people think they're always smarter 
than the person that nobody's talking about. Jesus asked me them and said to them, he says, I want you to understand here. Though I bear a record of myself, somebody else helped me bear a record. That's my father. You in your law teaches where two or three witnesses are gathered together. So Jesus said, let, let, me, let me address some here. Then he said in verse number 19, he says the time, and they said unto them, unto him, where is thy father? Now they try to be, you know, they, they be nasty because they knew Jesus had was a mother, uh, Joseph, was not the father of Jesus. But they didn't really believe and accept that he was the Messiah, that she was born of a virgin, even though the Bible says and prophesied in the Old Testament that, he, that there was going to be a virgin. Because because they, they, the memory was bad. They what? what? They, they, they couldn't remember much of nothing. And so Jesus said, after them, my father, if ye had known me, ye should have known my father. Then he said in verse number 20, those words spake Jesus in the treasury. So now he said, now, if, uh, what Jesus is going to do here is he's going to address where your heart is. Where your heart is, where your treasure is, is where your heart is. So he addresses the treasure. He says, these words make Jesus in the treasure, as he taught in the temple, up in the church. So here, they was, they, Jesus dealt with the treasure, he dealt with the temple, and they had everything they needed to remember, but they did not remember. Ooh. And the Bible says, and no man laid hand upon him. Why? For his hour was not come. In other words, don't you touch me. Don't you make me prove now that I am the Son of God. Don't you make me prove now. And and, and you and you remember, you remember uh, on, on another occasion, they could have arrested Jesus, and they wanted to uh, uh, arrest him. Because if you back up and, and remember in Mark chapter 12, verse 41, that Jesus was examining what people gave. He was standing by the treasure. And there were people coming in, and it was giving money, and it was giving money. And the Bible said he, he watched them, look at them. And then he, he noticed this widow woman gave two mice. And hold the press. See, stop everybody. Look at it. Said, hold on here. And, and this woman have gave more than you all. Now, they, 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 that woman gave two pennies. Really, Lord? Two pennies? Really? I can't believe you. But the Bible said they were giving some money now. They, oh, they were dropping in some bucks. But Jesus was dealing with the heart. He was dealing. How do you know? Notice the Bible says, verse 21. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. <laughs> then said the Jews, Will he kill himself? Now, now they want to be comical. Will he kill himself? Because he said, Where I go, you cannot come. Because we can go anywhere he, he goes. Notice what it says. Verse 23, and he said unto them, ye are from beneath. You are from beneath. I am from above. Ye are of this world. I am not of this world. 
So Jesus said, listen, the reason why I am the light of the world, because I'm not from this world. I am the light of the world. I came to bring understanding to you. Okay, okay. Now, now, now Jesus dealt with their inadequacy. That's what he's dealing with, their inadequacy. And then we get to uh, uh, our text. Then we get to our text. And I've got about 20 minutes here. Get to our text. So Jesus, now remember, Jesus addresses what? First of all, he addresses their sin. In verse 1 through verse uh, 11, he addresses their sin. Remember, you ain't always been what you said you ought to be. You ain't always been all that yourself. You done some stuff too. All of us are guilty. How about you? We all have sinned and fallen short of the good God. Then he deal with, he said, I'm the light of the world. Then he deal with uh, the knowledge, the understanding. He said, I'm the light of the world. I'm here now, and you still don't understand. How you know about understanding? Because if you drop down to verse 27, you back at the verse 27, it says, they understood not that he spake of them to of his father. They didn't understand. Then said Jesus unto them, when ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as the Father hath taught me, I speak. So here, then, now, he addresses their memory. This is our text. Why are memories so important? Why? Listen to me. Call somebody and tell them to listen. Y'all need to listen to this. Y'all need to hear this. Why are memories so important? Because they had no, listen, listen. They had no, ooh-wee memory of where they came from, that they also was enslaved. And what is wrong with America? America don't want to remember slavery. Listen to me now. Listen, America do not want to remember slavery. Notice 9 verse 31. Y'all ready for this? Tell somebody, listen. Then said Jesus to those Jews who believe on him. (laughs) Those of us that believe on Jesus. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciple indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we be Abraham's seed. Look at them jokers. And we're never in bondage. What? (laughs) To any man. Why sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Because you have forgotten. You need to go back to Genesis. The the Pentateuch said, Genesis Excess of benefits, mama, Deuteronomy, you, have you forgotten? These guys, these Jews, Pharisees, have forgotten where they came from. 
They said we never bring in slavery. What? Really? <laughs> now, there are four major problems with this. Four major problems. I'm going to give them to you, and then you, this message be yours. Four major problems with this. I, I, I want to be mindful that America, we need to wake up and not forget where we came from. Four major problems with it. Number one, number one, write this down, homiletically. Number one, we don't have or we don't know the price of what we hold in our hand. In other words, the Bible, the Word of God. We have forgotten the power of God's Word. The power is not in Donald Trump. The power is not in Biden. The power is in God's word. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God under salvation. My God, what is wrong with us? We have forgotten where we came from. Okay, okay. Uh, we have forgotten the if we, if we forget where we came from, we forget the price of that which we hold in our hand. In other words, we forget the opportunity God has given to us to be able to be his child. Amen? We have not always, listen to me now, listen, and especially on this, uh, us black people. We have not always lived like we live now. Amen? Uh, we have, uh, we were slaves. Now, I, I'm, I'm directly talking to us because I want us to understand that we need to wake up and not be like these Pharisees and Sadducees because when Jesus asked them and told them, that they was enslaved. And they said, we, we don't even, we, we, we ain't never been in slavery. What in the world are you talking about? We need to start appreciating. When you, when you stop appreciating the price that people paid before us, you will neglect the gift. Let me say that one more time. Let me say that one more time. When you start Neglecting, when we start not appreciating the price that people pay that we can be saved or be freed, then we neglect the gift of voting. That's why it's imperative we understand our voting right. Amen? We need to understand that. Woo! God help me. Number two. I'm going to try to have time to deal with this. Number two, the problem, one of the second major problem we have is that uh, you don't know the path. When you don't have a memory of where you came from, you don't know the path on which you are headed. You just, you just out there just going. Let me, let me, let me, let me tell you how I know America. Uh, but Steve, I'm going to tell you how I know America don't know where we're going or the path. Number one, when you hear a white person say, 
I've never owned slaves. <laughs> it, this is the same thing the Pharisees said to Jesus. <laughs> now, what what kind of really? Now, now I'm gonna read that again because um, maybe you, you ain't getting this. And let me tell you, let me say something before I read this again. And to hear uh, uh, black people say, and then there's some black folk that saying this, I've never been in slavery. What are you saying? You know, that's why you have to thank God for memory. What we got, what we came from. I'm gonna read this again because Jesus deal with this in the Bible. I mean, it's it's right here in the Bible. John chapter 8 and verse 31, then said Jesus, those Jews would believe on him. He's talking to us, the body of Christ. Today, we are the most segregated people in the world, the Lord's church, the body of Christ. Why, why can't we come together? Because we don't remember. <laughs> Jesus said, now notice what it says. It's not Brother Philip, it's, it's Christ. Then said Jesus, those Jews would believe on him. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciple indeed. So he says, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciple indeed. So if you don't continue in God's word, you're not a disciple. So he tells us, he addresses what it means by continuing his word. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So the freedom... And truth and liberty for the body of Christ, for God's children, come from the knowledge of the Bible. Why are you guys, why are we looking for man to redeem us? Jesus already died for our sins. My God, what's wrong with us? Okay, okay. This is what they say. Jesus Address the same issue that we got going on today. They answered him, we be Abraham's seed. And we're never in bondage to any man. Have y'all forgotten Exodus? Really? How said thou, you shall be made free? Have you ever forgotten Exodus? And, and, and that's what's wrong with America. America the white brothers in the body of Christ are saying we never owned slaves. Remember? The black brethren are now we get to the point now we say, I ain't never been a slave. But what would happen is that what we do is number one, we uh, we forget the price that hell that we hold in our hands, that Jesus Christ, God, sent his son to die on the cross, that we may have a right to your life, to bring all people together. Revelation says that all kindreds, all tongues, all nations shall be together. <laughs> we, a lot of us are going to the lake because we don't remember. The price, the Bible says, who accuses us? And God says, 
the apostle said. He believes Paul, but some say it's Apollos. We don't really know of Hebrews. But it says, we know it when Christ, because he died for you. We know it when God, because God sent him. We know it when the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit makes intersection for us. So who is it that causes all this controversy? The devil. So remember, remember the price that we hold in our hands. Then number two, remember the past, which we're headed. Okay, well, time for my fast when you're teaching. Teach, brothers and sisters. And then number three, when you forget the people who to honor. We don't even know who to honor anymore. It, it, it's a shame how our society now, the Bible says it's going to happen, so don't, don't think that it's not been, it's predicated. It's predicated because the Bible says it's going to happen. The day is going to come, they're going to call evil good and good evil. They're going to fall away from, the, from Christ, from God. That in Romans chapter 1, it talks about abomination. The Bible says that Paul says that God should send them strong delusion that they believe a lie rather than the truth. I see it. You see it. I'm saying to myself, what in the blue thunder going on with America? Are you, are you telling me we can't recognize a lie? We can't recognize the truth? That's why Jesus said, listen, first of all, address sin. Number two, understand who I am. I'm the Savior. And number three, remember where you came from. Good God Almighty. Remember where you came from. And then remember to honor the people that paved the way for us. Amen? Remember to honor the people that paved the way for us. Who, who, who do they forget? They say, we're Abraham's seed. You, 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 even, you, you forgot Abraham. You, you, you forgot Abraham. Because you, you forgot Moses. You forgot Aaron. You forgot Joshua. You, you, you forgot that you was in slavery for 400 years, almost identical to America. What? Brothers, we call ourselves true disciples of Christ, disciples of Christ. And we, just like the Pharisees, we talk about the Pharisees all the time. We are the new Pharisees. Help me, Lord. Remember what the Pharisees said. They said we was never enslaved. What? Oh, my goodness. God, help me up here. Now, let me wrap this up. Let me, let me help us. Let me wrap this up. Number four, we need to understand why we praise God. Understand that we cannot forget why we praise God, what praise have in our lives. And we're praising the wrong people. I could not believe that 
after. Now, now, now let's listen to me now. After, after Israel had was freed out of Egypt and got in the wilderness, and Moses went up to the mountain to receive the law of God, that Israel made a golden calf. And don't you know, I could not believe that there are people that made a golden president? What in the blue thunder is wrong with us? How are you going to make a golden, I wouldn't have made a golden nothing and fall. After I seen what God did to Israel for making the golden calf. Okay, brother Philip, you you meddling now. You one of them sermons that I, I knew. I had to be mindful. Let me let me let me let me let me wrap this on up. Why we ought to praise God? Why we ought to praise God? And what did they forget most of all? What did they forget most of all? What did the Pharisees forget most of all? They forgot the Passover. They forgot that they were slaves. They forgot that they were slaves. They forgot the Passover. Woo! They forgot the Passover. What? Now, what do you mean they forgot the Passover, Brother Phillips? For them to say that they was not slaves, and then they were going to worship, call themselves worshiping, which was to remind them of the Passover, and they turn around and tell Jesus that they had that they was never enslaved. And Jesus, you know, what what are you guys talking about? You never was in slavery. And then they forget the Passover. Man, you are, your worship, your praise ought to be because of the Passover. Why? Because you remember the Passover. God told Moses, He said, now. I want you to tell, I'm going to kill the firstborn of every, I'm going to kill the firstborn of every child, of every animal. I'm going to kill the firstborn. And the Bible says that God told Moses to put blood on the door and that death angel will pass over them. And death angel came and killed Pharaoh firstborn and killed every. Nobody else firstborn that did not have the blood over the door. Because it freed them. That's what freed them. How, how can you come to worship God and, and forget that Jesus said, This do in remembrance of me? Take this bread. This is my body which is representation of my body, which is the remembrance of my body. Take the cup, which is the remembrance of my blood. Ooh. This do in remembrance of me. We come to worship God, to praise God. 
For Jesus was the lamb that died on the cross, that a representation of the blood. Jesus said, are you telling me y'all don't know? You forgot what you came for. Ooh, God, help me. Help me. Father, help me. Let me read, let me read a little bit more of this. Y'all ready for this? Verse number 23 again, 33 again of John chapter 8. Steve said I got about 10 minutes. So I got about seven minutes now. They answered him, we be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. How saith thou, you shall be made free? Jesus answered them, verily, verily, or truly, truly. Now, I'm, let me tell you the truth. I say unto you, whosoever committed sin <laughs> is the servant of sin. Don't you forget where you came from. And then he then he go back to an illustration of Abraham. He says, and the servant abided not in the house forever, but the son abided ever. And what are you talking about? He's talking about the sin. He's talking about the sin of slavery. And then he's talking about the sin that to understand the difference between bond woman and the free woman, Sarah and Hagar. Now, what are you talking about her here? Sarah and Hagar. He says, the servant abided not in the house, but the servant abided not in the house forever. Talking about Ishmael. But the son abided ever. Talking about Isaac. If the son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I'm talking the allegory of myself. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me because my word have no place in you. I speak that which I have seen, which my father has which my father do, and my father tell me. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto him, or unto them, if ye be Abraham's children, ye would do the work of Abraham. Now, that's a good question for America. Quit talking about you God's people. You say, Quit saying that. And when you're doing the work of Satan, evil, I praise God because I'm free. Woo! Know what it says. It says, verse 40, and now you seek to kill me, a man that have told you the truth, which I have heard of God. He says, this did not Abraham. He said, okay, said, I'm greater than Abraham. <laughs> because now you drop down to verse 48, and I got to wrap it up. Five minutes, maybe. Four minutes. Verse 8. Verse 48, rather. He says, before Abraham, whoo, I love it. <laughs> before Abraham, <laughs> what? See, before Abraham, I was there. Verse 48. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not 
well, that thou art a Samaritan and has a devil? See, that's what that's what people call God's children. Look, look at these, these folks. Now, these folks have gone to the dogs. America, we are gone to the dogs. Oh, yes. Notice what it said. Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor my father, and ye do dishonor me. And I seek not mine own glory. There is one that seeketh and cometh. Oh, my goodness. Here it is. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my sayings, whoo, <laughs> and to save some time, let's drop down to verse number 56. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see this day that y'all got that here. And verse 57 says, Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet 50 years old. And you talking about you before Abraham? Has thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was I am. Why should we praise God? Why should we praise God today? Why? Someone said to me, said, but I'm not emotional like uh, like, like you guys. I'm not emotional, and you, and you know what? I don't. I'm not arguing with you about why you're not emotional because uh, uh, praise is not emotional. Praise is logical. I can't hold myself when 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 I add up all that God has done for me. When I think about all that God, what I could have done, and when I when I assess my life. There's no other thing to do in my life but to praise God. Woo! Okay, help up praising. Okay, okay, okay. They forgot. They didn't remember where they came from. And the problem with America is that we, America, don't want to remember where we came from. Amen? Jesus said, listen, the reason why you ought to praise me is because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's the reason why we ought to praise God. Praise him. Remember where you came from. Now, what the greatest memory should have is to remember the Passover. What does that mean? That I should have been dead when the death angel passed over, but I live because of Christ. Jesus, we are, we are dead spiritually, but the Bible said we are quickened by the word of God, made alive. You must hear the gospel. The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what the communion is all about. Helping us remember 
believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. That'll make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. And then you'll be a disciple of Jesus for real, not just by, by, by association and name. Now, being white don't make you a disciple. Being black doesn't make you a disciple. Jesus said, listen, all men, whoever it is, Gentile, Greek, it doesn't matter. Whoever continues in my word, then are you my disciple indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I'm your speaker, Brother Clay Phillip. Remember this. Keep it real. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. I know. 
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into the broadcast this evening. We certainly appreciate those who've been following our radio broadcast on Blog Talk Radio as well as on social media. My, my brother Clay, he was live on his Facebook page doing his presentation, so go to his Facebook page. I also shared his presentation on my Facebook page as well, so you can listen to that lesson again at your leisure. I want to thank my co-host Tim Bench and uh, Brother Clay for their lessons. I tell you, my cup is running over on this broadcast today. Both lessons were great. Tim gave us a lesson on the disposition of a Christian, and Brother Clay gave us a subject, Thank God for Memories. What a blessing it is that we have some fine gentlemen on this broadcast who are able to make their proclamations of the gospel of Christ. And that's what it's all about. I want to thank my co-host, uh, Courtney Carruthers, and his ba- his granddaughter <laughs> for answering our shouted-out question on the broadcast this evening as well. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just thrilled to be able to bring you a weekly broadcast. And it's our prayer that the lessons that were given on this radio show have been beneficial to your spiritual lives and your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because you're not only tuning in this radio show, but you're giving yourself over to a study of God's Word. I'm your host, Steve R. Butler, and I want to say on behalf of my co-hosts on the Gospel Light Radio Show, we really do appreciate your love and support for these radio programs. Good night, everybody. God bless you. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Yeah. 
You've been listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show, episode 235. in the morning and my heart so heavy I can't sleep all alone and wondering does anybody really care about me tears are flowing softly got my face as I kneel down to pray oh I need your strength Lord it's been a rough day Someone say they love you That don't mean that they are gonna be there To take your heart and use you To benefit their own welfare And in your hurt, you remember How you ready can make Berta's life in his way I lift my hands and say, thank you Lord It's been a rough day Times I just walk around singing. Yeah. Every day you're working two or three jobs to make get through to take care of those little ones. Tell them, say that they appreciate you. That's weird. I think of you, God. Mm. How you could have quit, but if that was on anyway, then my problems just don't seem so large. It's just a rough day. So speak into my heart a lot. Troubles all around me and this place sometimes it gets so heavy I just don't think that I can face another day that's when I think of heaven when trouble days are over I can hear you say welcome home my child no more of day tears falling down my face I say shut it up shut up Sometimes I don't need no words, I just say Oh Lord, that mess, it gets so rough on me, y'all Late at night, late at night when you think you don't have no way out Just remember Just a rough, a rough day. Shoo-shoo-shoo-shoo-shoo-shoo-shoo-shoo-shoo-shoo-shoo-shoo-shoo-shoo-shoo-shoo-shoo-shoo-shoo-shoo-shoo-shoo-shoo-shoo-shoo